Welcome to Rock Vegas. It's Glenn Rockney. So, uh, I should announce before I get going um, on these tight ends and wide receivers. That's what we're going to focus on today. Is uh, I'm on Spotify now. Uh, my Rare Candy podcast I, I have uh, with my co-host Crypto Sai, and uh, this podcast is now available on Spotify. So anybody who subscribes there, I'm sorry for not having it uh, there before. Uh, I'm sorry if you've those of you who listen had to go to iTunes and uh, you know where, wherever the hell else I have SoundCloud stuff like that, YouTube. Um, if Spotify is your preferred thing, I'm there now. So uh, go ahead and subscribe there if that's your. Uh, preferred uh method of listening to this and uh, i thank you for listening by the way so today we're gonna do the tight ends and wide receivers together i i didn't think that i could do a full tight end episode um although i do have some interesting takes on the position uh today we'll lump it with the wide receivers so i might go a little long today um we'll, we'll see so uh tight end let's, let's start with tight end now that's the position group that had you asked me before the draft, before free agency in 2020, which position do you think is set? Which position do you think is set on the Raiders? And and honestly, with, with the way the Raiders have been the last, I don't know, two decades, there haven't been a lot of positions that have been set on the team, you know, where, hey, we're done. You, you, you blow it off. You're, you know, the guy's doing the sculpture and he blows off the final part of it and, hey, it's done, you know. Which position group? would you say is done uh, to me it's 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 tight end now that didn't stop the raiders from adding tight ends uh a reasonable amount of them actually too they added a couple um i i thought this position group did a great job last year now there wasn't a lot of outside weaponry um for car and uh, hey i'm i'm a person that gets on cars ass the most uh maybe not the most but uh, i get on him pretty pretty well uh, i definitely I'm not super optimistic on him, but it is fair to say he didn't have outside threats last year, right? I thought the middle of the field was elite for the Raiders last year, right? The people that worked in the middle of the field. And by that, I I, I mean, you know, the Hunter Renfros, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, um, people like that, right? In the intermediate part of the field, middle of the field, I thought was great. Needed to add outside threats this year. But with tight end... It still feels like Gruden was like, nah, I got to add a couple more. And it, and it, that never made a lot of sense to me. That being said, I, I would argue that this could be, other than Philadelphia, the best tight end group in the league, right? I know San Francisco's got, got Kittle, but behind him, I don't think it's as good as what the Raiders and the Eagles have. But this is a great position group. And uh, let's start. Uh, let's see where we want to start. Let's... Let's start with Darren Waller. Um, I got a love story to tell here. I love Darren Waller. I think I think Darren Waller is. I'd say right now he's top five in the league at the position. Um, I know it's only been one year, but I I didn't see anything last year that looked like fool's gold out of him. Like that was just oh man, I, this this is never going to be sustainable. It's not like the David Osbury stiff arm at at Miami. You know anybody remember that where David Osbury just shoved a dude into like another county in Florida out of bounds. I think we lost the game by 30 points, but I just remember everyone being hyped about David Osborne. He was this great athlete out of USC and, and Raiders took him late, but it was like, no, no, no. He's a converted wide out. He's going to be, he, watch, watch what we do with him. So now when Darren Waller joined the team in, in 2018, right? Everyone knows the story. The, uh, for those that don't, Greg Olson saw before the Raiders at Baltimore game, uh, remember the game where the Raiders actually had a pretty decent lead on Baltimore, and then Lamar finally realized, oh, wait, I'm playing the Raiders. I don't ever have to pass. And then he just gashed us in the second half. Uh, nonetheless, Greg Olson saw Darren Waller warming up and said, holy shit, this is a gazelle. Like This is a gazelle, like power forward-looking dude. Um, can catch the ball, can run. Um, why don't we take a guess on him? You know, the Ravens were loaded at tight end. I, I'd say they have a great tight end group too, even though they just got rid of Hayden Hurst. But uh, Waller couldn't crack that lineup, right? They had invested pretty good draft capital at the, at the tight end position. So he was sitting on the practice squad. And, you know, the Raiders had Jared Cook, but I don't think he was in their long-term plans. I mean, obviously he wasn't, right? Uh, I think with or without Waller, I'm not sure Cook gets that second deal. 
Um, even though I loved Jared Cook. Like I, I was just talking about this with someone the other day. I think it was Mark Steele. Shout out Mark Steele. Also the uh, person that convinced me to get on Spotify. So uh, shout out Mark Steele over across the pond, UK Raiders, uh, Andy Turner, Mark Steele. Um, anyways, I loved Jared Cook with the Raiders, and I thought Gruden did some really nice things with him at the position. Kind of treated him like a wide receiver, right? Had him stretching the field, uh, letting him run after the catch, really like taking advantage of the athleticism that these tight ends have nowadays. When Waller – and look, Waller had a couple nice plays in 2018, right? I think against Cincinnati, had like a, almost like an end around, or was it like a jet sweep or something? He, he took it far. It was like, okay, this, this guy can play. Like it's, He's got athleticism. But I didn't know if that was – I didn't know if we had another David Osbury on our hand, right? The stiff arm thing. It was kind of like, well, okay, what, what is this guy like when he needs to go over the middle and make a tough catch and, and take a hit? You know, what 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 is it? Is he physical? Is he is he one of those guys where you take one hit and he takes one hit early and you, you don't really hear from him the rest of the game? I didn't know. So when Gruden <laughs> – Gruden was hyping him up in the 2019 uh, kind of like mini camps and training camps and said, hey, look – we don't have anyone that can cover Darren Waller. We we just nobody can stop him. He's he's incredible. He's our secret weapon. I don't want to talk about him too much. He's our secret weapon. Now, a couple things to me was like, okay, one, our defense can't cover like most teams' tight ends. So what does that say, right? Okay, so Darren Waller's average. Is that what you're telling me? Like that was what I thought of with Gruden. Again, I'm a pessimist, so you guys will learn that. And uh, but Waller. Oh, also, I'm sorry, Gruden. Gruden, we just. The year before, he was saying, oh, Arden Key, geez, we don't, do we even need this Khalil Mack guy? We have Arden Key. So he was kind of had a, a history of like hyping guys up in the offseason. It almost felt like he was trying to influence the player through the media rather than influence the fans through the media. Where It was kind of more of like a, hey, I'm talking about you big. You better step it up, you know? So I was thinking in my head like, okay, is Waller really that good? But then, you know even just in preseason, just watching him catch the ball, it looks so fluid. He looks faster than whoever was covering him, which, yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of having a great tight end is he's getting covered by uh, either a small slot corner, a safety, undersized safety, or a slow linebacker, right? I mean, you don't. not every team has a Deion Jones or hopefully Corey Littleton, right? Uh, guys like that that can cover. Not every team has that. So I said, okay, yeah, this will do, you know? Week one, right? It's not something we had to wait long for. Week one, Monday Night Football, Denver Broncos. He was eating, just eating, getting whatever he wanted in the middle of the field. Uh, I loved that little fade route where Carr just did that, you know, step back real quick, saw the matchup he wanted, threw it up, let him go get it. I love it. You know what I mean? Especially because the offense was kind of humming right there. It was getting getting that first 25 plays that Carr and Gruden are always so good at. It was, it was humming, and it was just like, hey, take your shot to Waller. And Waller was – he just looked great. You know what I mean? Like it looked, he looked like he'd been in the league five years already and was hitting his stride, you know? And look, there's Waller wasn't a rookie, right? That was just his first full season in the league playing as a starter. So you'd like to think it was always there, but he was, you know, if you listen to his interview with busting with the boys, uh, Will Compton, Compton and Taylor Luan, those guys or those guys really got to the bottom of like his addiction and stuff. It, it was really, really interesting to hear like how bad it was. Right. And uh, go ahead and listen to that if you want to hear how bad his addiction got. I, I won't talk about that much here. But Darren Waller, it, it, you know he was always this good, right? Like, it, he was – there's no way he just got clean and then all of a sudden got, like, insanely good at football. It's like, no, he just finally got his head right. And it's really – it's weird as, like, a Raider fan for – you know, I'm used to the other way around, right? I'm used to the guy that maybe had character concerns coming into the league, right? Spends four years on his rookie contract, does well for, let's say, hmm, Tennessee Titans, right? Or some random team, right? Then the Raiders go, hey, let's give him the four-year contract, huge tight end money, and then he has a drug problem. That's what I'm used to having as a Raider fan, like having it work out like Antonio Brown style. I'm used to having it work out that way. And look, I won't count the chickens before we hatch. You know, uh, Waller's still an addict, or you're always an addict through, you know, any form of recovery, no matter how far along you are, he'll be the first one to say that. So you, it's always a constant struggle and there's always a chance of relapse, but he really seems like he's got it going right. And, and, and he, he earned his money last year. I was juiced when they gave him that four year extension. I'm so glad to have this guy as part of the team for the, at least the next three years, four years, I think. Right. And, uh, it's great. I, I he, the, the Denver play taking the screen, right. That little like delayed screen, 
damn near to the house, man. He just got tripped up there. Tight ends don't do that. I mean, you got to have, you know, Kelsey, Kittle, guys like that. Not a lot of guys do that. So he is among the top in the league right now. I I know, look, we got to see it happen again. Stay healthy. He did stay pretty damn healthy. I know he had to have some, like, a thumb surgery in the offseason, but that didn't look like it affected him while he was playing. One thing I love about Waller was his blocking, his inline blocking. He... I didn't think he was going to be like a super physical blocker. And also, I didn't think it was going to be a deal breaker if he wasn't. It was kind of like, hey, that's fine. Do what you do, and, and that's cool. But against Chicago, man, that Chicago game in London, he was I mean, he was getting down and dirty. He didn't really have that great of a game as a receiver. I mean, it was fine. I mean, he, he did what he was asked of him, but he was he was in there blocking. They were, they were going in like, you know, run. They leaned on the run game and short passing game in that, in that game and picked Chicago apart. So he's a complete tight end to me. There's nothing more I need to see, just more of the same. Now, this year with Waller, I, I expect him um, – I, I I think it was Raiders Empire podcast, and, I, and I'm forgetting the, the guy's name that posted it, but said, hey, what, what's your stat prediction for Darren Waller? And I said, probably fewer yards, right? So I had it just a little – like a tick over 1,000. I do think he gets 1,000 yards this year, but I think he gets at least seven to eight touchdowns this year, Right? The reason I say that is because of all the other outside additions, right? You cannot key in on Waller. They might try it first, right? And that'll open stuff up for the other people. So whatever happens is fine. It's, you know, however you get to the end zone is however you get to the end zone. But I do think he's going to, with the speed they added, like Henry Ruggs, Lynn Bowden, guys like that, that's going to get teams to not be able to cheat up on those intermediate routes that Waller just feasts on. So real excited about him. Um, just, just really happy to have him on the Raiders. I think he's incredible right behind him, and, and he's not behind him on this depth chart I'm looking at. This is lineups.com, uh, the Raiders. Right behind him, in my opinion, uh, Foster Moreau, another just home run pick last year to me. Like, just, he didn't, because of Waller's emergence, he didn't get maybe the the targets that he should have got and stuff, but Foster Moreau surprised me every time. Like, he didn't, I, you kind of expect him to, you kind of expect him to be like a clunky tight end, you know, like just blocking, make a make a nice play, like almost like a Lee Smith. When we when they got him, I thought he was kind of like a Lee Smith. I remember on Stick to Football podcast, uh, Mello used to really tout him, like Foster Moreau, this is my boy, and he's a Chiefs fan, so he was kind of pissed when he went to the Raiders. But I was kind of like, oh okay, this is one of those guys everybody was saying like this is a late round gem guy, and you saw it right away. Uh, Foster Moreau is. In my opinion, I'm going to say something here, and, and this might be a little crazy, but I think he's he's got like a little baby Gronk to him. Not, I don't, I'm not even saying his ceiling is Gronkowski. I'm just saying the, his play style is like baby Gronk. He's physical. He can block. He doesn't mind blocking. He's not one of those guys that needs targets to get him going. You know, he he's he can get in there, get nasty, and 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 play ball. That's what Gruden wants out of his tight ends. And, but also like he he catches the ball. He's a fluid route runner. It looks good. It doesn't look clunky at all. Um, he can make a little, make some moves after the catch. I remember that third down play against the, in the Chicago game, where it wasn't a clean catch by him, but he kind of just bled out on a play action, and it looked like they were the Raiders were just all in on a run, like a third and one, or might have been a fourth and one actually. And they, and they kind of just he just leaked out, and he was wide open, and he could run after the catch. He got like a solid 30, 40 yards. Sadly, um, and he actually, in my opinion, was the best red zone threat on the team last year for a while. You know, when you're inside the tent, maybe maybe inside the tent, like the super red zone, you know, <laughs> like the plus red zone. He was he was like the best target on the team in that time. And I was at the game where he where he tore his his ACL and it, it was sad. It was on it seemed like almost like a little fade route on the sideline. He just didn't get up. It was that Tennessee game where, where Tannehill just he looked like Dan Marino. And Moreau didn't get up and it was sad because you, you hate when your guy tears his ACL, but you hate it even more when it's like late in the season. And, uh, I mean, I just saw him golfing on Instagram and he, he was like running up hills and stuff to like, go get his ball. So I, that felt, uh, and like challenging guys to races. So feels like the rehab's going well and, uh, that's good to see. So I'm really excited about Foster Moreau. And that gets to my point at the beginning. I thought this position group was set, you know, I thought it was set. I thought it was like, this, we're good. Let's keep it moving. Um, behind him, you had Derek Carrier. I'm not even going to really get to Derek Carrier in this one. But so said, hey, Derek Carrier is my tight end number three. Fine. You know, 
I'm like, fine. If you're down to your tight end three, you're you're probably, you know, you're probably not expecting much out of the position at that point, you know? So or using carrier more as a blocker, maybe, maybe here and there, you know, on a goal line type thing, maybe use them on a play action. But you're you're for the most part, Waller and Moreau, that I thought we were set there. Here's where Gruden and Mayock lost me completely this offseason. I liked a lot of the pickups. And for the most part, you, you could have talked me into all of them. The one I still, even after a couple months, because I, I, look, I, I overreact at times when things first happen, but you know, I sit on it for a couple of weeks and go, hey, we'll see if this is as bad as I think it is. And that could be talked into things. I'll, I'll drink the Kool-Aid. I sound like I won't. I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Trust me. First in line at the Jim Jones uh, uh, you know, place. I'm first in line. How do you think I'm still here as a Raider fan? <laughs> but uh, the signing of Jason Witten still does not make sense to me. It's kind of one of those things where he – look, he's meant to be a Dallas Cowboy, first of all. Just one of those guys that just, you stay in Dallas, already retired once, was in the booth. That failed miserably. He got bullied into playing again. People forget about that. Like, he's so bad, people were like, hey, you should, like, do anything except announcing. He's like, oh, guess I'll play. So he came back to play. I had to, like, refresh. I thought it was one of those things where, like, Adam Schefter, you know, when you, you see when you're week one of free agency and you're like, fuck, refreshing Twitter every five seconds, phone's dying, charged it six times during the day. Meanwhile, you're supposed to be working the entire time, but fuck that. It's free agency. Your boss understands. I'm refreshing Twitter, and all of a sudden I see like Raiders agree to terms with Jason Witten, tight end. I had to look at the Twitter handle. I thought it was like a darn Schefter, or you know what I mean, or like uh, 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 Fat Malin, you know what I mean, disguising as as Adam Schefter. I thought that was one of his great bits. Shout out to him. I thought that was something like it, something like that happening. Nah, it wasn't. It was real. I don't understand the Jason Witten signing. First off, you take Foster Moreau off the field or Waller off the field most of the time, unless you're in a goal line setting. But at the end of the day, I didn't think our tight ends had any issues in the red zone. I thought that was more on the quarterback and, and the coach, you know. So what, what are they trying to do? Is it, And please don't say the veteran leadership thing. I, I can't stand veter, the veteran leadership thing. You don't just sign guys for veteran leadership like anymore in the NFL. Like maybe here and there, maybe along the offensive line when you're, you have three starters that are really young. And look, Waller and Moreau are still pretty young, but I didn't get the idea that they were immature last year. I didn't get the idea that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. I thought just the natural progression of them just being in the league longer, getting more seasoned, would be fine. Witten's got guaranteed money. He's got like 4.6 guaranteed. And I'm pretty sure he might be wearing a fucking Raider baseball cap and some athletic gear on the sidelines helping coach by like week seven. Seriously. I'm not, I'm, look, I don't have an issue with the guy as a player. Damn near a Hall of Famer, maybe, you know. Damn near a Hall of Famer. Great career with Dallas. Was awesome with Romo. Like, I always found a way to get open, even though he was slower than shit, running in quicksand. I, I liked him, but it didn't make sense. And there's no way you walked into the offseason going like, hey, man, I really want a veteran tight end, man. Everybody else thought the same thing as me. Like, we're set. We're good. We got two good tight ends. One great one and one could, that could be great and is good already. So I just didn't get the Witten signing. It, it was... It just felt like like one of those like yeah we got to spend four million let's bring in Jason Witten. I think the Raiders have a damn good tight end coach, so I don't. Uh, Frank Smith seemed like he was doing a good job last year, right? Did a good job with Jared Cook too. I, I just didn't. It felt for I don't, I don't know. What, what, I wish somebody would answer the question. Other than the veteran leadership thing, the hell was he here for? We know that the Raiders' problems in the red zone aren't because of their tight ends. That's not. That's not why. And I'll get into that next next episode because I'm going to do the quarterbacks next episode. I, I I just can't I can't be talked into the Jason Witten thing. I say that now he might catch some game winner against Kansas City in overtime. You know, weather will be over 70 degrees, obviously. So, but he might do something like that, and I it might win me over. But it just didn't feel like something that had to happen. So again, I love this group. It's not that it didn't make the group worse. I just it just felt unnecessary. Didn't didn't feel like something that needed to happen. But I'll tell you, one thing I love about this position group is that John Gruden knows how to 
he knows how to scheme the tight end. He just he knows what to do. So many plays, the tight end is is open, you know. And getting back to Waller, what I love about Waller was it never. He just knew that, like, okay, I saw he saw he was one on one with like either a DB linebacker or some. All he would do was get in there, box that dude out, run out, curl, box him out, yards after the catch. Right? That was his. That was his move. I love it. it it's. I love this position group, um, even though I just, you know, had my had to vent on Witten there. It didn't didn't make sense to me. But this position group is has depth. I, I guess, right, if God forbid something happens to Waller and you have Foster Moreau and Jason Witten as your two tight ends, uh, assuming Moreau's rehab is on schedule, which again he's running up like rock cliffs on golf courses right now. So I'd like to think by week one he'd be ready to play, but again, not a not a physician, so who knows? But um, I got a lot of high hopes for this group. I think uh, I think it's definitely going to be again like a strong part of the team blocking inline blocking. Uh, Gruden said, you know, even though he wants to spread out more with five wide, which I've been hammering for a while, he still wants to load up with three tight ends. So maybe that has something to do with it. But even then, it's like how how willing of a blocker is Witten at age like what seventy seven right now? Like how willing is he to just be like every snap of the game in there just getting his, you know, going toe to toe with, with defensive ends and stuff. Like, I I just don't, I don't know. Didn't make a lot of sense, but nonetheless, I'm very excited about the position group. Let's get to this next position group. And that's the wide receivers. This group is interesting. I I like it. First off, I'm going to start by saying I'm a fan. I think I think this is the best core that the Raiders have had in a long time. Not saying much, but uh, at least since 2016, and I, I think it has potential to be better, um, just because of the overall speed of the group, the athleticism. It's got a higher ceiling. It's also got a lower floor. I would say um, guys like Crabtree made that very easy for the floor to be floor to be high. Right, Crabtree was just a safety net for Carr. Um, <clears throat> The big question too is how many receivers are the Raiders going to carry into the season? I, I'd like I, I'd like to think they go six. There's a chance they go five, especially if, with all these tight ends, right? I think you get three extra. I think you get a 56 man roster this year with the with the virus, so I, I do think there's going to be extra spots. But they might keep that for DB on defense. We don't know. You know, what I mean, it's training camp still a couple weeks away. We'll see. But I'd like to think the Raiders go six deep this year at wide receiver only because I think Gruden is just so sick to, to like sick of signing guys off the street, you know, and stuff like that and, and being down to just Zay Jones and, you know, all, all those guys as you're like number one wide receiver and having basically having to run the ball every play. I, I think Gruden is sick of that. And I think he's going to make sure by having like six comparable guys that he's not in that position, right? Maybe maybe keep a guy like Rico Gafford on the practice squad or something, something like that. But let's start with let's start with the guy, with the, with the guy with the probably the most hype around him, I I should say, Henry Ruggs. Now, I'll be transparent and the only reason I'll be transparent is cuz there's already in a podcast episode of me about three and a half IPAs deep saying some mean things about uh Mike Mayock drafting Henry Ruggs. It was it was an instant draft reaction. I was mad. Not mad, frustrated, because I do like Henry Ruggs. Always have. I've always said, hey, he's, he's a good player. I don't think he's a bad player at all. Don't think he's a bust. Never. You guys, I don't know what the guy's name is, but he he's definitely gets around on Raider Twitter, and I don't think he's – I think he's made a few enemies. He, he made fun of Jimmy Durkin a little bit, but um, he had the video of this guy when Ruggs got drafted. And he was fucking pissed. It was like his live reaction, and he he was pissed. He looked like he had like odds, like betting odds on the on the draft pick type pissed, like motherfucker, like you know, just I, th- I had rugs going over pick fifteen, fuck, you know, like that type of thing. Like he had a prop bet based on it. He was pissed, and a lot of people flamed him for it. And he was kind of just saying like, "Look, man, I'm just fucking tired of this team always doing like you know zigging while everyone else is zagging, but have it not work out," kind of thing. He didn't articulate it in the best way, and a lot of people were like on his head about it. I, I'm not gonna lie. For about like 12 hours, I had that almost that same opinion. Again, I wasn't as low on rugs as he was, but it was just like fuck, man. It just look this team 
for the longest time, you're like, hey, please pick this guy. He's good. Please pick this guy. He's really good. And then they always pick that other fucking guy. You know? They always, they always pick the guy, like, you know, please pick Michael Crabtree. Please pick Michael Crabtree. Darius Hayward Bay, motherfucker. You know, again, Ruggs is not Darius Hayward Bay. I will get into that in a second. He is not. But it's always that kind of thing with the Raiders. So I, I to me, maybe that, maybe, maybe that guy was just mad that, like, now it's to the point where you almost predict the Raiders to make the wrong wrong pick, right? Like, oh, this wasn't the right one. I only knew a couple people that like absolutely wanted rugs on the team. Like, just this is my guy over all the other guys. This is my guy. So I was a bit frustrated too. I said, look, Judy or Lamb, let's just take the safe pick. I know those guys are going to be good. So I sat on that for a while, right? Sat on that. I watched a few film breakdowns, and then I listened to uh, a breakdown by PFF. And they didn't necessarily love the pick. I think they wanted Judy as well. Um, and I make fun of PFF a lot, so say what you will. I, I just wanted to hear some takes. One thing I love about Henry Ruggs, number one, doesn't really drop the ball ever. Now, he's not a volume target guy at Alabama. Now, is that embarrassment of riches, or is that something that is going to translate in the NFL where you can only give him about mm, 70, 80 targets a year, 50 catches type thing? We don't know. We'll wait for that to develop. But it could also be a Josh Jacobs situation, right? Where Josh Jacobs didn't get a lot of burnt tread on his tires because there was fucking all pros, you know what I mean? All Americans in front of him. Just just SEC monsters ahead of him. And you got it, you know, there's only one football. So one thing I love about rugs, and it's something that I thought defense defenses were allowed to cheat against the Raiders last year. They could sell out on the run. Eight in the box against Jacobs because you weren't, you didn't see any outside threat, and you didn't necessarily see the quarterback uh, Carr as a as a huge threat with his arm. Look, I I'm getting into that. That's next episode, but I don't think teams are very fearful of Derek Carr right now. I, I think that's fair to say. What Ruggs does is he's a home run threat, right? Now I'm going to use a, an analogy that Ruggs is is not this guy I'm describing, but. The way I look at it is, do you remember the years where Barry Bonds was at the the height of his career, right? Where he was, uh, the Balco was hitting just perfectly, um, and he was just he. People were waving the chickens like you won't pitch to him. So who benefited the most from that, right? It was Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent's right behind him, right? You're setting up opportunities for everybody else to eat because the other team fears you. They fear your speed. Right now, like Jeff Kent used to lead the league in RBIs because he'd already have bonds on base, probably somebody else on base. And he just hit one in the gap and boom, free real estate. So I think Ruggs is going to do for this team is always have somebody on the defense dedicated to never cheating up, right? Cheating up on the Renfro routes, cheating up on the, on the, uh, on the Waller intermediate routes and, uh, and stuff like that, or the wheel routes, you're going to, you're going to have to account for Henry Ruggs on the field. Now, Ruggs has to show that he's also versatile, right? That he can take a short, like, take those short passes. Because, again, this is a John Gruden offense. They're going to get the ball to him quick, and he's going to have to create a lot on his own. That's just the way this works. But I like that about Ruggs. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of people saying, man, I don't think we have the quarterback to get the most out of Ruggs. And, and look, that might be true if you're talking about deep routes, but... I'd also argue this, when you have a quarterback that's better when they throw short, intermediate routes, why not have the guy who can make the most of it after the catch, right? Instead of having, you know, the fossil of Jordy Nelson and the, you know, exoskeleton of uh, of uh, James Jones and guys like that where they don't really do shit after the catch because they're old, you know, and, and stuff. Why not have some fresh legs where a slant route could go to the house, right? How Like how Renfro did last year a couple times, but... You have Henry Ruggs. So it's really up to Gruden and Carr to, to make that happen, get him in those positions, get him the ball. I don't even think you have to pass it to him half the time. I think you could hand it to him on a on a on an end around or a, um, you know, I mean jet sweep. I, I think Gruden wants to run that. I think he's very jealous. Uh Vic Tafer had been saying this for a while. Vic Tafer damn near called the Ruggs pick where he's like, Man, John Gruden loves Tyreek Hill. I mean, he hates him, right? Because it's the Chiefs, but John Gruden loves having he covets having just that that speed that home run threat that that Barry Bonds where you just have to account for him at all times 
you you forget about you forget about him in the lineup forget it right he's gonna he's gonna put two runs two three runs on the board and you're you're out of the game you know what I mean Ruggs is one of those guys where he's a ticking time bomb um I do expect him just because of the climate not so much him because he sounds like he's got a great head on his shoulders he's doing all this great charity stuff uh currently wearing a Henry Ruggs uh, shirt, uh, shirt, the HR3 one, that, where he was feeding families out in uh, Clark County with that. Uh, it sounds like a, an awesome guy. So you have that. Um, he's got the hands. I think he's a good route runner. He's got to get a little bit better, but that's fine. That's that's something you can deal with as a, as a rookie wide receiver. But I'm just excited to see what he can do. Um, now, now, I will say that was after round one, I was mad, but some of the guys that they picked later in the draft, it, it kind of felt like those other puzzle pieces were, were showing up to where it said, okay, this is a wide receiver core now. This is actually like a versatile wide receiver core. Now, Henry Ruggs was picked first at number 12, but I think the, I still think we are in for the Tyrell Williams reclamation tour. Last year, a lot of people were frustrated with Tyrell Williams. I was a little bit too, but I I still liked what I saw when he was when he was right. Those first four weeks of the season, he looked good. Legitimately looked good. Kind of had the Crabtree vibes to him, you know. Not as good. Crabtree was awesome here, man. But I'm still I I have a take that I think Tyrell Williams is a thousand yard receiver this year. That depends a lot on health. He's always had injury problems in his career, but he had plantar fasciitis in both feet last year that's that's something you just really can't play through and be and hide you know that's the arches of your feet it's tough you you really can't can't downplay it or anything now that being said I, he still dropped some you know some big balls uh against uh houston that houston game letting gary on conley strip the ball out of there it's a tough scene right after you trade gary on conley tough scene so I think that left a sour taste in a lot of Raider fans' mouths, but I think I still think Tyrell Williams is really good. Not a number one receiver. Look, again, last year they didn't they they say they believed in him as a number one. They still went and got A B. They knew. You know? He's not a number one, but I think for like the first few weeks of the season, I think he will be. Again, this is just with the COVID nineteen stuff. I understand the people the, the Raiders have been working together and stuff, but I still think Tyrell Williams knows Gruden's offense. He's he's a big body target for Carr. I think that's going to be the early chemistry thing this year. That I, I just don't forget about him. I'm still I'm still a big Tyrell Williams fan. Um, yeah, he again he's not going to be. I I think he's going to f- benefit from these Henry Ruggs things where Henry Ruggs is going to draw a lot of the attention, especially if he has a couple of huge plays early. There's going to be teams saying, hey, we got to watch out for this number 11. This guy's a freak. Like, we, we can't let him out of our sight. I think Ruggs, Waller, guys like that are going to are really going to eat because of that. So we're looking – this is all the, – the Henry Ruggs effect is, is, is really real, I think. That's why they got him. Uh, and I also think Henry Ruggs can just be a very good wide receiver. So um, I just – I think it's – don't put too much on rugs right away, right? I, I think wide receivers start slow as rookies, especially in John Gruden's offense. I remember even in the draft process, they were saying like, ah, you know, rookie wideouts, it's, we ask a lot in this offense. Mike Mayock was saying he's, he's got to learn a lot real fast to, to start. And I, and I think he's going to end up starting, but I, I just, again, I think Williams is going to get the brunt of the targets early outside. Now, let's go to the other draft pick. This was one that like kind of gave my seal of approval for the Ruggs pick. It's round three, right after picking Lynn Bowden. The Raiders pick Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. He was one of my guys. Actually, if you want to go back to my episode of 10 players where I'm just I'm really excited about for the draft, and this was before the draft, right? I'm just guys I wanted. Uh, Amik Robertson was on that list, and uh, Brian Edwards was on that list. We got two of my guys, right? So Brian Edwards, when he was the pick, it instantly like made the Rugs pick even better to me. He's everything Rugs isn't, right? The big body guy, contested catch guy. Not that Rugs actually can't make contested catches. He's actually pretty good. Like Rugs is a tough dude, but Edwards can go up and get the ball. Um, actually has some really good. He's real actually really good at creating separation. He had a terrible quarterback in South Carolina. Uh, Tyler Holinsky, I want to say was his name. Terrible quarterback. 
you, had you put him with Tua Edwards, like with Tua in that offense, Edwards would have he would have been a top thirty pick, first rounder, easy. Um, yeah, again, he had the injury, so maybe not. But um, Brian Edwards, to me, is the guys like him work the best with Derek Carr. Like Carr had good chemistry with Andre Holmes, Michael Crabtree, guys that can go up and get the ball. Carr definitely knows how to float the ball, and I mean that in a good way and a bad way. Especially those goal line fades that he they love to throw. They always did. It was always such a wasted play to me. But it always worked with Crabtree, right? And Andre Holmes, guys like that, big body guys. So I think that the chemistry is going to be there right away. Now, again, I expect slow starts for rookie wide receivers this year. I This is going to be the last time I say it. Sorry. Um, but I think Edwards, for the long haul, going to be a mainstay on this team. I could see Ruggs and Edwards, wide receiver one and two. And then Tyrell Williams will still have him under contract for a while. Um, if he doesn't have a huge year this year, I can definitely see the Raiders trying to move on but because it is an $11 million a year contract. But, again, I'm predicting a big year for Tyrell Williams. So I would love to see those three guys just really grow into their own and create a nice unit um, around there along with this next guy. Hunter Renfro, fan favorite. Third in Renfro, the slot machine, whatever you want to call him. Uh Got him in the fifth round last year. I remember thinking there were people saying like, ah, there's no way this is going to work. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not going to work? They were saying, ah, he's going to have the speed. You know, look, that Clemson shit was fine, but this is the NFL. <clears throat> I don't care. He plays faster than he looks. Um, evidence uh, of that being uh, the Chargers and the Houston game when he took slant routes to the house, made a guy miss. Uh, definitely had better wheels than I thought. Um, Hunter Renfro is a, is a godsend to this team, especially with the quarterback we have. Uh, Carr loves to check down. He loves the short routes. He he likes his safety nets. He likes knowing that a certain guy's there in the middle of the field, a, a smart, savvy route runner. Um, and you you didn't see it right away last year. He definitely you know would would show up in spots and and make some nice catches, but really right around that that. Detroit game he really started him and Carr really started building that chemistry uh when he caught the game winner against Detroit like it's you really started to see a building and and then after that it's like damn like Renfro there's some metrics where it's like he was one of the best rookie wide receivers and this was a loaded class last year with Metcalf McLaurin AJ Brown he was right up there with him in the last like seven weeks of the season he was really he really ended the season hot it wasn't just us being excited right like Raider Nation being excited there were metrics behind it now I, I hope they don't have to lean on him this year in the same way again I want more explosive plays um it, it will make Renfro better you know especially third down uh I was at the Cincinnati game where he had that incredible catch kind of seemed like a wheel route on the side on the sideline just a uh, great diving catch um still pissed that car missed him against denver um because he was having an incredible game that game car missed him again wide open in the end zone and uh um yeah renfro paired with rugs williams and edwards that has this the the potential to be an elite wide receiver core right i, I think it all those guys they're not redundant, you know, and it's fine being redundant. Sometimes if you have a bunch of speed, that's cool. Take advantage of a bunch of speed, but you have rugs as your burner. Tyrell Williams, your possession guy, Brian Edwards, your big body, Alshon Jeffrey kind of, you know, go get the football type of guy, physical, um, Anquan Bolden kind of, uh, build. Then you have Renfro, your Julian Edelman, your, your Wes Welker, other white guy. That's good. You know, uh, Ed McCaffrey, you know, whatever you're sitting in the middle of the field, uh, definitely try not to get him lit up like against the jets but um you want to know my favorite renfro play from last year and it, it wasn't either of the, those long touchdowns even though that was awesome but my favorite play was against chicago in london i again i just love it was the highlight of the season last year was beating the beating chicago with all the narratives uh with mac and all that but renfro had that play and it was on third down car threw it off his back foot to him in the flat Renfro makes a guy miss and gets the first down. It, it was like a play that didn't look like it was going to go anywhere. And especially when he catches it, you're like, oh, great. Here's another car check down. 
and he moved, he he made something happen. I think he's very sneaky good after the catch, especially in intermediate routes. I, I don't see him as a big, you know, deep route runner. He doesn't have to be either. But I think they're, you know, this is definitely a good wide receiver core for Carr. Like I said, Renfro can run nice short intermediate routes. Ruggs, in theory, should be able to take short routes and make big plays out of them. Tyrell Williams is good with the contested catch. Brian Edwards, good with the contested catch. Let's talk about let's talk about the underrated camp battle. I don't know if it's underrated because I do see a lot of people talking about it, but I think this is probably the the biggest camp battle. Yeah, now I'm looking at the depth chart. This will be the biggest camp battle is for the wide receiver five position. And assuming they only carry five, I still think they're going to go six, but and both these guys are going to make the team. But let's go Nelson Aguilar versus Zay Jones. Nelson Aguilar, I'll say it right now, I think he if you were to pick between him and Zay Jones, I think Nelson Aguilar makes the team. I understand that draft capital was spent on Zay Jones to get him here last year, but Nelson Aguilar, again, has the speed. For one, we're going to need a backup for Henry Ruggs, right? Say Henry Ruggs, God forbid, something happens, hamstring, something where he's out for a game, you're still going to need a guy to stretch the field to play his role to still keep the defense somewhat honest, right? I'm not saying Aguilar is some great player or anything, but he still at one point was a first-round pick. Wasn't great with Philly, but he did have one really, really good season. I believe it was the year they won the Super Bowl. He was very good. But you're going to need a burner behind Ruggs. Zay Jones is not that. You're going to need somebody to fill his role, to actually play the position, play the wide receiver position the way that Henry Ruggs plays, even if it's not the same result. So I do think Nelson Aguilar is brought in. He was brought in before the draft, but I think that's why he holds on, because of his speed. He's got a little special teams ability. We also have to realize that while Nelson Aguilar was bad, this is Philly we're talking about. When you're bad in Philly, you don't usually redeem yourself. This is a team that still like is like, ah, Carson Wentz, I don't know, man. It's like, fuck, you kidding me? I would love to have Carson Wentz as our quarterback. Raider fans would jump in front of a train for the guy. Philly's got high. They're, they're, they were calling Zach Ertz a, pers- a pussy the other day when uh, – when Goddard got knocked out, I was like, Zach Ertz would never. And they're like, Zach Ertz would go down before the punch even happened. I'm like, Zach Ertz, a top five tight end in the league. You guys don't like him. So, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, while I don't, no one can say that he's a, has had a good career so far, I do think he's got a nice fresh start over here. I love doing that. I love flame out like first round draft picks. I love giving them a shot on like a cheap one-year deal to say, hey, maybe it didn't work out there. Let's see if I can get something. That's the Al Davis way. That's what Al Davis does or did. You know, Rest in peace, Al. Um, July 4th is his birthday. I'm recording it the day after. Today's Mac Dre's birthday, so uh, elite back-to-back birthdays. Uh, I Two of my favorite people. And uh, Al Davis was the king of that. Jim Plunkett, you know, just just cast-off guys that that didn't work out with the other team, but you knew they had the talent. You know, he would always he Jeff George, you know, guys like that. Jeff Jeff George had a good season with the Raiders. And he was a number one pick, and Al Davis liked his arm. And I think John Gruden is a lot more like Al Davis than we think. Good and bad. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping we get the good seventies Al Davis with Gruden. Again, that's gonna be a couple weeks from now when I get do a John Gruden Mike Mayock episode. But again, Nelson Aguilar was a first-round pick. He's got first-round speed. He has undrafted hands, undrafted free agent hands. That's always been his problem. A little slight in frame, too. Maybe not the most physical guy. But I think Gruden wanted to add speed, and I think speed, when it comes down to two guys making the team, I think Gruden's going to pick speed over the possession guy, personally. Could be completely wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, like I said, who knows? Maybe Nelson Aguilar is going to be better in these short routes in this Gruden offense as opposed to Philly's offense. They're, they're very different, what they what they do with their players. So, I actually, I think Nelson Aguilar is going to be a, a sleeper this year, like a good – I saw Vic Tafer uh, say the same thing, but I do think Aguilar is going to be a sleeper. I don't think he's great. I, I don't I, – and when I say sleeper, I mean I just mean I think he could be a solid contributor. And uh, 
all right, well, what's the case for Zay Jones, right? Well, what What is the case? I'm having trouble finding it. Not not that I think he's bad. Him and Carr were never on the same page last year, obviously. You'd see the all-22, he'd be wide open. Carr wouldn't even look at him. Zay Jones is not very explosive. Decent hands, nothing you know you brag about. Not an insane route runner, not great. But again, we're talking about the wide receiver five and six position here. I'm still having a tough time figuring out how he beats Nelson Aguilar, right? Out of a position. It would have to be I mean it would have to be Zay Jones like coming in like looking explosive and and you know in better shape than he's ever been and and adding something to his game. I don't think Aguilar actually has to add anything to his game. I think just maybe being in a different offense might get a little more productivity out of him. And I think he's worth the gamble, right? What is the gamble with Zay Jones? What's the ceiling you're gambling on, right? Nelson Aguilar has had successful seasons in the past. At least I think he had one. So one. But Zay Jones has always been like, the, you know, I remember him at East Carolina. I remember him. I remember in the draft. I remember the Bills got him. He was definitely like uh, one of those sleeper picks by a lot of draft guys. But, you know, it just didn't work out. And again, I, again I'll say this again. I think that the Raiders will end up keeping six wide receivers. That's just my prediction. But if we're picking just five, I got to say, Aguilar makes the team over Zay Jones. I don't I don't think that's a controversial take. Um, I think some people disagree with me. I think a lot of people are excited when they see Zay Jones working out with Carr in the offseason. But guess who else is there? Nelson Aguilar. Working out. Looking good. Hey, bobbled a little ball. I saw it. Bobbled a little bit. It's fine. He's going to drop the ball. He might be the Seth Roberts of this team, right? Remember 2016, Seth Roberts? None of us really liked him, but he had a couple big catches. Now, he's also, you know, Nelson Aguilar is Nelson Aguilar is way faster, too. So I think there's a higher ceiling with him. It might, maybe, uh, here's a guy that, I, and they're not exactly the same, but I'm talking about a guy with a similar career trajectory. Brashad Perriman last year with Tampa. Doesn't really see the field for a while. Tampa's loaded at wide receiver. They got their two stalwarts there. But I think both those guys ended up getting hurt at the end of the season. Rashad Perriman came in and played well. When he when he had to come in, got touchdowns and everything. So I could see Nelson Aguilar being the guy that assumes that role. Assume, you know, maybe there's some injuries this year. You're never going to have a year without injuries, so you always got to plan for that. And like I said, Nelson Aguilar is the the better backup to Henry Ruggs. Just like Brian Edwards will be the backup to Tyrell Williams. Maybe Zay Jones is the backup to Renfro, but I don't I don't see it personally. So yeah, that's the wide receiver core. I, I'm excited about the group. It's young. It's young, and we're we're asking a lot out of Tyrell Williams. I'm expecting a lot. Uh I think Hunter Renfro is gonna just it's tough for guys like him to have what he does to have a sophomore slump to me. What he does, he's already very good at. <clears throat> And I just think more repetition and just, you know, being more experienced in the league is just going to make him better at that. And then I think there's going to be some explosive plays out of the wide receiver position. Haven't seen that since Amari Cooper, you know, and even then that was really frustrating, the Amari Cooper era. So you got two young, two young, very talented wide receivers, a second year slot receiver. A veteran uh, in Tyrell Williams, a cast off in Nelson Aguilar, who still might have a little something that that the Raiders can harvest and and use, and get the most out of out of his year here. Or, you know, maybe 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 he gets a second contract off it. People forget we signed Michael Crabtree off the fucking scrap heap for three million dollars, and he was done in San Francisco. So you just don't know. And then you have Zay Jones, and and I, he seems like a good guy, and I I don't dislike him at all, but I I just I'm not seeing what the upside is over Aguilar for him. <clears throat> now, quick, just before I get out of here, what do you want to see out of this wide receiver group? And obviously, you want to see touchdowns, you want to see something like that. But formation wise, with John Gruden, I want to see more wide receivers on the field. Last year, he had an excuse. He had an ace in the hole and say, hey, look, I had to run the ball a lot more. We didn't really have a whole lot at wide receiver. We didn't. Uh, we had some injuries, and uh, Antonio Brown didn't work out. Hey, they, they gambled on that. I was for it at the time. It didn't work out. 
I don't think we're going to have any Antonio Brown uh, situations this year. It just doesn't seem like uh, the group of guys where that's going to happen. But I want to see like more four or five wide receiver sets. It, it, especially with Carr, who likes to get rid of the ball fast. Like It's tough for defenses to account for five wide receivers on the field. Your fourth wide receiver is better than their fourth DB usually, no matter who you're playing. That's just the way it works, especially with the rules now. I want to see more deep throws, right? I want to see more pass interference uh, situations, right? Where you can, you know, hey, Ruggs is down the field, and then the guy, t- you know, tackles him instead of letting him take one to the house. That's a t- damn near a touchdown for Henry Ruggs, right, even though it's not a touchdown. I want to see explosive plays. Um, I don't want to forget about the short passing game. I don't hate the short passing game. I'm also like that. I, I don't – I'm not the, like, we need to take a huge, lot of deep shots down the field. I'd like to see more. But I understand, look at the Patriots. They have, with, with Tom Brady, they had a good short game, right? And it, and it worked. It was efficient. They liked to, they would run the ball efficiently, throw the ball efficiently, not turn the ball over, take a deep shot whenever, whenever you thought it was there, whenever you thought the defense was sleeping. And that's what I think John Gruden wants to do, and I'm fine with that. But with those short routes, you have to have people that can take the ball to the house and score at any given time. And I think that's what they did this year. You never know until it happens. But I think Henry Ruggs, Renfro, Edwards are guys that can make huge plays out of small, um, you know, yardage throws, short yardage throws. So I think that's going to do it for me. Um, I guess it didn't go as long as I thought. I hope I hope I didn't miss anything. I hope this was good enough for you guys. I wanted to combine two and one. I hope I hope that was enough of a uh, an opinion there. But I I do think both of these groups are very deep. This offense is very deep. Even at quarterback, even though I don't think it's top-heavy at quarterback, I think Carr is average and Mariota's below average, but I do think this offense is deep, and there's a lot of continuity on it. You know, There's a lot of continuity, a lot of returning people on this offense. Defense is a whole different story, right? That's, that's a lot of new people at key positions, but this wide receiver core is going to be what separates this offense from being like, ah, eh, pretty good to great, you know? especially paired with that run game and offensive line because you know those are going to be working pretty well. So, again, that's going to do it for me. Um, I'm at Glenn Rockney. You can follow me at G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. And uh, you could always talk shit to me. If you listen to this podcast and go, that was a fucking stupid take, please feel free to tell me. I don't mind at all. Hey, thanks for listening if you did, right, even if you didn't like it. But uh, you can check out my other podcast, Rare Candy. That is on Apple uh, music or I'm sorry, Apple podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Um, that's a politics based kind of just social commentary podcast, economics and stuff. So, uh, completely different, but if you are interested in that, please feel free to check that out as well. Um, that link is in my bio. Uh, again, thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast is so fun for me to do. I really enjoy it. Um, I love talking Raiders and, uh, I know I'm, you know, I know I don't do the numbers that the other podcasts do, but I really enjoy anybody that listens to this. Um, I try to give like a nice realistic, uh, it might sound pessimistic, but that's just because the team hasn't been winning. You know, I try to be realistic about this team, but still show where I'm excited about. And uh, thanks to all you guys for listening. And uh, that's it for me. See you later.